Hello, and welcome to Fit for Future Utilities, Arcadis's podcast exploring what utilities need in order to be fit for future. I'm Stephanie Kay, and we continue the series today with Intelligent Water, coming up in this episode. When I talk about collective intelligence, what I'm really referring to is the ability of humans and machines to collectively present far greater intelligence than either element could on its own. We are an industry with a lot of data, we can better analyze that data and see where we are not, again, putting uh, our efforts uh, to work in an efficient way. That ultimately should result in lower costs. I think engaging inside and external stakeholders from the very beginning will make sure that utilities are making the right investments and also getting the best return on investment. We'll hear from three subject matter experts to find out how intelligent water empowers utilities to make insight-driven decisions. Plus, we'll examine some intelligent water success stories today on Fit for Future Utilities. Jim Cooper is intelligent water lead at Arcadis. He's spent more than 15 years working with water utilities to create sustainable and human-centric outcomes. He says by adopting intelligent water, utilities can address key concerns. We asked him to demystify the process for us. So intelligent water is the process of water systems uh, embracing digital technologies and ecosystems, um, both in frontline operations and in utility management, which are two very different things, with the purpose of doing three things. One, improving the financial stability of a utility. Two, improving their customer experience. And three, improving their operations and maintenance key performance indicators. And all of that is fueled by a cultural shift towards innovation. So a couple of things to keep in mind when you think about intelligent water, it applies throughout the entire water sector. It's not specific to drinking water or stormwater or reuse, right? It's uh, across the entire water sector. Um, It also applies to core business processes. So it's adopting technology, right? The latest sensors and devices, but it's much more than that. It also includes processing advancements um, like edge computing, digital twins, um, security management, um, and includes workforce and people as a, a core component of what intelligent water is. The workforce element is what separates intelligent water from smart water. Smart water focuses on the digital solutions. Jim explains that intelligent water emphasizes collective intelligence, the relationship between machines and people. So collective intelligence is uh, something that's an interesting term. It's not um, brand new, but it's certainly um, relatively new to the water sector, right? And, And when I talk about collective intelligence, What I'm really referring to is the ability of humans and machines to collectively present far greater intelligence than either element could on its own. Um, There's few utilities out there. There's some, but there are few that would allow a fully automated cloud-based AI to control their uh, treatment facilities or their dams or reservoirs or anything like that. But if you integrate a human within that loop and you allow that cloud-based technology to recommend to an operator, to a human, right? That if they make these small adjustments that their customers will have a better experience or they could save some cost savings, right? Over the next um, couple of days by making those minor adjustments, that fine tuning where you're truly integrating AI with your people and your operators is the CI or the collective intelligence that we talk about. 
I just think that there are so many tools out there that intelligent water shouldn't be such a big deal and such a big conversation. Katie Umberg is a senior management consultant at Arcadis. She's worked in intelligent water for more than 15 years and says that while the concept of intelligent water may be new to some, embracing technology is a way of life. We've gotten very used to apps like Waze that we rely on to support our decision-making and especially guide us through new or unfamiliar situations. Now, with Waze, ultimately it comes down to the user and the human to make that decision. And, and sometimes the user has insights or knowledge that the technology doesn't have that's really important to make the best decision. But conversely, a lot of times Waze has information that the driver wouldn't know themselves about any incidents up ahead that they should be aware of, of alternate routes. And so together with the human expertise and insights, as well as technology, things just really get easier and more efficient. Water is a critical resource, but affordability is an ongoing concern. Esteban Azagra is water business advisory lead at Arcadis and says intelligent water can mean cost savings for utilities and the customers they serve. Intelligent water should make us uh, be more efficient a basic element should be the ability to identify inefficiencies, right? We are an industry with a lot of data. We can better analyze that data and see where we are not, again, putting uh, our efforts uh, to work in an efficient way. That ultimately should result in lower costs uh, to produce water, which should benefit, right, uh, at the end of the day, the, the people paying for the water and should give uh, utilities the ability to well, to serve better the communities, paying more attention to who has the biggest needs. Many times a, a customer might have a leak, you know, maybe in their house or on a service line going to their house, and um, they'll get an unexpected uh, water bill that's significantly higher than what they can afford and, and what they normally experience. So as a result, they're calling the utility and complaining and saying, hey, can we, you know, what can we do about this? This obviously is not normal. So typically a utility fields that call, right? They have an angry customer. And as a result, they end up adjusting their bill. So they're losing revenue that clearly they still had to produce that water and treat it and pump it in and everything, right? So it's hurting the affordability equation uh, again in that aspect. So the alternative is implement things like intelligent water and when you have something like um, advanced metering infrastructure or any other types of intelligent water um, sensor networks, et cetera, smart networks that are out there, um, you can identify and proactively notify the customer that they have unusual usage and they probably have a leak that they should investigate so they don't have a high bill, right? The customer sees that as a, a more positive experience and you're not losing the water that's actually happening, right, and, and bearing those costs. So it, there's many examples, right, of just various benefits across the entire water cycle. There are a variety of reasons why they, we are in this current environment, including the fact that utilities are just so under-resourced and understaffed, and they're focused on the problem at hand uh, and don't necessarily even have the luxury of taking the step back and considering how better to do things moving forward. But I really do think customer perception, customer satisfaction, and even media coverage of utility is gonna require them being a modern entity. 
Jim has seen Intelligent Water help utilities target and eliminate inefficiencies around energy use. One example is the Tarrant Regional Water District in Fort Worth, Texas. This is um, a utility where the cost that they pay for power varies based on the the environmental conditions and then what's coming from the utility based on demand and other things. So we developed a machine learning tool that could forecast out what the cost would be coming from the power utility. As a result, they were able to save uh, significant dollars by adjusting when they would pump and when they would consume the energy, uh, the large energy at different times a day, based on the demands and the variability of the power that they were paying for from their utility. Um, so they've saved um, significant dollars, right? Where the first event, I think they saved um, something like $80,000, and that's um, well over a million dollars that uh, they've saved today just using, again, really no new, no new infrastructure, no new changes to their philosophies and what they do. It's just using data um, and using some technology to uh, have them make better decisions. After labor, uh, from an operational expenditures point of view, energy is probably up there, right? One of the most uh, expensive things we do when we treat water. And uh, at a basic level, uh, city of Scottsdale, where I live, actually the, the water uh, department uh, has a good uh, series of uh, sensors that monitor energy consumption to a granular level. And you can also, they cannot actually also connect the energy consumption to the type of water they treat. So going back to affordability, they can determine this amount of energy is used for drinking water. And we might be able to price that at one level. They can also say this amount of electricity is used for water that we might use to irrigate golf courses, right? And we might be able to sell that water at a different uh, cost. So that's a good example, right, of how by even without doing anything too fancy, by looking at what you already have and looking at a business problem, like what should be the price uh, we should be asking for this water, depending on the use. COVID-19 has seen utilities reimagine their way of working. But what happens in a post-pandemic world? Jim says culture is the catalyst for future adoption. It really comes down to people agreeing to make a change and seeing that they need to, to step out of their day to day and look at what they can do better. And it, there's really no one thing that causes that, right? We're all humans and it's just human nature to, to continue doing what you're doing with, with modest improvement over time. So it's, you know, the pandemic's really shown that you can take a further, you can you can take that step and, and make it a little bit bigger, right? It's going to be uncomfortable at first. We're going to go from no one ever using video conferencing to us having entire conferences that are virtual with everyone having their cameras on. And you know what? It, it actually does work. And there's a lot of savings to be had doing those types of things. Um, it's just uncomfortable. So um, I think the pandemic has shown that even though it's uncomfortable, it can still be quite successful. If you get more tactical, right? And there are Plenty of examples of how, uh, as people say, don't let a, a crisis go to waste. How people are, for instance, using uh, remote access to to cameras to do condition assessment uh, of, of, of of equipment, right? So if you think about asset management programs, one of the most 
labor intensive uh, activities is deploying a bunch of people on the field to look at the condition of the assets. Well, I've seen people doing that just with uh, two folks these days because of uh, the pandemic, capture everything in a virtual environment and then have experts from their desktop do the condition assessment. So that's just a good example of think about the efficiencies you are gaining, right? You don't have that many people mobilized, getting on a plane to look at the assets. Think about health and safety, right? How many things you can do now in a safer environment without having to go to the field. So plenty of examples like that. I think the key now is that as we go back to hopefully a normal year, which is what we all want to, uh, we write those lessons learned uh, and embrace the ones that could be embraced as best practices. I, th I think all that is actually intelligent water at the end of the day. I really do think it comes back to people. And I actually think that utilities should start uh, considering as well as actively engaging staff well before they start talking about any new technology implementation, even before they identify a new technology type that they'd like to pursue. I, I think it'd really be useful for utilities to do an honest and thorough assessment of where they are, including existing technologies, but also their staff, their staff's opinion and uh, impression of the utility, as well as their openness to technology, how they feel about their jobs, what, what are their challenges. And I think, I think engaging inside and external stakeholders from the very beginning will make sure that utilities are making the right investments and also getting the best return on investment. The water sector is about people, yet employee numbers are dwindling. Katie says intelligent water can provide incentive for utilities trying to attract new talent. When we work with utilities on strategic planning, I would say most, if not all, of the utilities that we've worked with put uh, workforce development as one of their top strategic goals. Utilities are a lot experiencing a lot of turnover, a lot of staff retiring, as well as workers from a new generation coming in. And I think that intelligent water is a critical piece in both attracting and maintaining really good talent. And I think utilities recognize that uh, water may not be the most glamorous profession, uh, is generally not the most well-paid profession. And so employees really need to feel passion and respected and also that it is a good environment to work in. The ability to attract and retain talent for our industry, I do believe that mm, a lot of the people and talent that works in our industry uh, like the industry, and if we mm, take the industry to the next level through, through a better use of technology, uh, we are going to make it even more attractive, right? So that's to me a sort of interesting way to look at how intelligent water can can make us even a more of a destination for the talent we need to to get where we want to get in the future. Esteban says understanding the value of intelligent water is half the battle. The other half is for utilities to figure out what they want to achieve before they adopt new technology. I would start with the business challenges that we are trying to address with intelligent water. Is it affordability? Uh, is it 
asset management? Is it improving health and safety of our people by determining how many incidents do we have by facility? What is what that we are trying to improve? And then I would turn to the other side, right? And I would look at what information or what technology do we have in place? And before making, a, to be honest, a major fancy investment, my experience is that a lot of people already have, again, good data in place. And maybe the next step is to recognize who is the owner of that data? How do we make it available to the rest of the organization? So the answer might be around governance, uh, understanding the importance of data, putting a little bit more governance and maturity around managing your data as an asset, and then leveraging all the tools that are already available. I mentioned enterprise reporting, I mentioned automation. And finally, if you really have a specific problem with a huge return on investment, or maybe in advanced asset management, there is quite a bit that you can do with advanced analytics and artificial intelligence, then you can start using those tools. But keeping in mind that those tools are nothing if you don't have good data and you don't have the people at the end of the day that need to use them. I was talking with a utility that is um, quite interested in developing digital twins of their facility, their treatment facilities, so that they can integrate both the operational and SCADA data with their CMMS in their work order system, as well as all their training content, right? Um, and uh, the various um, operations manuals and things that are associated with all the equipment in the, in the facility. The first step is to not pull the trigger and do all that. It's to look at one process or one building and then do that at that one very small um, you know, pilot project and then take lessons from that, right? The lessons are less about if it works or not. We know that uh, digital twins are a key uh, component of moving forward and fair for future and they work. It's more about how do your staff and your culture within your utility use that? What are their thoughts on it and how could they best leverage it? And what are some things you could improve? And you can learn so much from doing something small that can have a, make a, a large full-scale implementation quite successful as a result. It is a frustration of mine, I'll call it a frustration, when I see utilities that are implementing new systems essentially for no reason. When the new system is implemented because it seems cool or because a manager met someone at a conference that was selling the software and they made a good software pitch. And I see this too often where, for whatever reason, utilities are implementing systems that were not strategically identified and probably are not the best investment of their money. So along with staff engagement, I think it's really important to make an intelligent water plan, a strategic roadmap, and tie that in with the uh, other goals and values of the utility to make sure that you're implementing something that meets your needs right now and also sets the foundation for future improvements that you need to make, future issues and uh, priorities of the utility. And I think, again, that will ensure that utilities get the best um, return on their investment. So what does the future hold for utilities that stay the course? Can they effectively address challenges like affordability and resilience concerns? Without intelligent water, will they be fit for future? I think that if we look at the trends for utilities, if we look at the financial trends, if we look at the staffing trends, if we look at the customer experience trends, those trends are not sustainable 
So if they continue as they have in the past decade, utilities are either not going to exist as a financial entity or they're going to be acquired by others um, and perhaps um, merging of, of into more regional utilities. And I, I think that that's probably not going to happen, right? Um, what's going to happen is that utilities are going to implement intelligent water. They're going to see the benefits that are out there um, and really kind of redefine um, their people, processes, and technology throughout the organizations. So the role of intelligent water in utilities being fit for future, I think it's imperative. I don't think you can be a fit for future organization unless you're implementing intelligent water. Thanks for listening to the Fit for Future Utilities podcast series. In our next episodes, we'll examine how advanced asset management and workforce are keys to a fit for future utility. In the meantime, to learn how Arcadis is improving quality of life in communities around the world, visit www.arcadis.com.